Hello, welcome. Before we start the show, just want to give a shout out to the newest patrons. I don't always record, so I'm recording these and inserting them into the RSS feed episode. We have 25 new patrons. So, Caino's Kid, Sarah, Alessandra, Christy, Tabitha Nembak, Matt, Fina, Brandon, Leanne, Alexa Raider, January Carter, Sarah Warda, Andrew Hallitton, Matilda Lindvist, hopefully I said that right, sorry, Ben Sargent, Teresa, Maria Lazarus, Rachel Robasco, Kill the Mockingbirds, Sarah Holder, Sagey Boy, Alma Avila, Adrian Martinez, Brendan Garden, and shout out to Tara B for pledging three, moving it up to a five, and then moving it up to a ten. That's some OG hardcore support there. And remember, more support from y'all, the more content I can put out. And this is a year of growth for the show. I am trying to do this full time and I can only do it with the support from you all. So thank you to all those who are listening and shout out to all the newest patrons. I love you all so much. And if you haven't signed up, you're missing out. Exclusive content, early access direct access to me you shoot me a message and we can talk and i can recommend you reading material whatever it is that you want i'm here for it but thank you so much really couldn't do this without you guys and hopefully you enjoyed this episode hello and welcome to the show if you're enjoying it and want an ad-free experience consider signing up for the patreon patreon.com slash the 101 podcast get early access and exclusive content on there as well for less than the cost of a cup of coffee links to ways of supporting the show are in the description thank you so much for listening and enjoy this episode welcome to the one-on-one podcast with your host Juan Ayala years ago when the sun went down night was sinister evil dark menacing but it was also the place of testing it was also the place of the ancestors it was the place of ghosts so the owl can fly into the night symbolically it is flying into the land of the gods to the land of the ancestors to that other realm that is parallel to ours that we can't access easily so the owl can fly into that in the next step to that is that the owl returns with a message and what so when i was working on the books like i would collect report after report and, and people would send these things in and they say oh i had this powerful experience with the owl it was it sometimes it didn't involve it just involved a magical experience with an owl and they would say they would call it the owl and then they would just call it the messenger they say well the owl landed on the post and i went out and looked at it and then the messenger looked at me and then i realized that this coincided with the with some important event oftentimes with the death so that symbolic energy is already all over the owl. So I would say that the ancient archetype of the owl is well understood by who's ever piloting the UFO. And they chose the owl specifically because it touches us on that unconscious level. episode 
of the one one podcast i'm your host as always juan and today as a co-host he is not a stranger to the show gordy is joining me we did do episode 111 so check that out all about owls and synchro mysticism and, and all that goodness and today we are joined by mike Cleland, and I've been saying your name wrong all these. I, I've mentioned you a few times, and I've always said Cleland, but it's Cleland. So welcome to the show, Mike. How are you doing tonight? Great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. And for those that don't know about you, where can they find your work? Uh, where can they find your books? Your, do you have a website? Are you still running the podcast at all? You know, I, I have a website, and I have kind of an um, umbrella website that you can get to some other sites too. So if you uh, just mikecleland.com. And just so you know, everyone pronounces it wrong. So <laughs> no, no big deal. I, I don't even, doesn't bother me in the slightest, but um, you can go to mikecleland.com, all one word. And um, if you can't remember that, you can type in Google UFOs owls. And I'm the first thing that comes up and I'm about the next 25 things under that. And then, uh, and it'll take you right to my homepage. And then the I, I was doing a podcast I did a podcast. I realized it was 13 years ago when I did my first episode, which I can't even fit in my brain. And that was kind of early on in the, in the era of podcasting. I wasn't like at the ground floor, but I was pretty close. And, um, and I did that podcast for about five or six years. And then just recently I did a podcast for two years, two and a half years, roughly on Whitley Strieber's site, um, unknown country. And so there's a, there's, those are available on his site. And, um, and then the ones are all archived and you can go, it's called hidden experience, my podcast from ages ago. And, uh, that's, that's on, um, I think it's on Apple podcasts and a few other things, but that's easy to find also. And it's all archived on my site also. Awesome. And Gordy, where can people find you, bro? You're, you're muted. <laughs> Gotta get used to this thing. Um, I'm at Gordy to Gordy underscore TWO underscore shoes on Instagram. Uh, find me there. I'm on uh, weaving spiders. Welcome every Saturday night. And that, and you'll find me popping in on shows like wands and everybody else. But uh, yeah, I'm also the owl guy, Mike. <laughs> so we, this will be a very interesting I'm, I'm conversation. Already, I'm, yeah. So uh, can I just start by saying that I've been ditching your stuff for four years because I have had this when I got out of uh, rehab, I started having this really close uh, a relationship with these owls because my comeback I was going to focus on as I was getting clean was um, meditation, right? And I just had this perfect opportunity with this tree and I started meditating under this tree. And as I started that the day I started meditating under this tree, this, I just felt like I was being watched and I look up and it's these two great horned owls, not probably six feet away from me where I'm, where I'm sitting on this cinder block where I, I've chosen to meditate and I'm thinking, okay, this is a good opportunity to get my meditation like down while these things are these, you know, powerful, uh, you know, raptors with knives for feet are staring at me. You know, I'm going to, if I can chill myself in this kind of, uh, 
scenario, like I could get my meditation down, right? And it, as soon as I let go, man, I could feel that that connection with those owls. It was like they were cool. I was cool. And there was this understanding. I was like, I was coming back every day after that, man. And it got me through a lot of stuff. Did, did you been see doing it every day? Every single day. Wow. On my Instagram, on uh, Gordy Two Shoes, on Instagram, I, I even posted today and yesterday of them. I've, I have a family that they've kind of adopted me, and I've watched three generations of babies Oh, wow. In this niche, I have a bunch of, uh, of, um, uh, game cam. Did you bring they visuals had... today, Gordy? I did not. I, if, if we could just pop up my Instagram, right, it's just right. got them. So I came across, I was doing research on, on, the handprint of Atlas. And and it was weird because I did listen to your former podcast, Mike. And I was trying to look for Sesh's information. And for some reason, I, I, I listened to the entire interview that you did with him. Excellent interview. And that was some uh, years ago. Let me ago. just interrupt. That, that, when people, that's my favorite interview I've ever done. Yeah. When people say, like, you know, what's your, like, can you recommend an interview? I always tell them that one. It's, I feel it's the best one I've ever done. So. Keep going. He does great work, obviously, with Walter Bosley. And for some reason, I had come across your site before, but I never came across the contact me section. So when I thought I thought I had such as information, and so that's when I shot off that email. And <laughs> embarrassingly, it was you. And I knew about you because I'd watch you on another podcast. That's a, a, a favorite podcast, mine, Concrete. Mm-hmm. And I was like. When you're like, I was like, man, this name looks really familiar because I've, I've, people have brought you up before on episodes that I've done, but I'd never interviewed you or, or read your book, which I did. the The book is The Messengers, Owls, Synchronicity, and the UFO Abductee, which I did get to read it. And embarrassingly, when you wrote back, you're like, oh, hey, that's Sesh's work, but you'll like my work. And I was like, wait, who are you? And you're like, I'm Mike Clelin. I'm like. And then I looked you up and I'm like, oh, that's who you are. And that's when we were going back and forth. So I kind of stumbled across <laughs> you. And then when I set that up, I was like, hey, you want to come on the show then? I mean, we're already here, right? You already wrote back to me. Do you want to come on the show? And then as when I set that up, I immediately hit Gordy up because he's the owl guy. And he hadn't read your work. He's like, no, I'm avoiding that because I don't want I don't want it to ruin the 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 owl experience for me, which I respect it. And then he finally read the book. So as I was thinking last week. I was sitting outside and I was smoking a cigar, just hanging out, relaxing with the family because we got the backyard paved out and we got some outside furniture and my son is out there. My wife is out there and I'm just sitting smoking a cigar and I'm thinking it was the day after New Year's and I'm thinking in my head, I go, okay, hey, next week I'm going to be interviewing the the owl guy. And I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to be interviewing this guy that's known for you know, the, the owls and aliens. And she's not into any of this, this stuff. So she doesn't really care. And I was thinking about that because every now and again, and I've told Gordy before, there's owls that hang out in my backyard and I only hear them like every so often, not always, but I'll hear them hooing sometimes. Right. I'll hear them. I'll hear them calling out or whatever it is. And as I'm thinking about that, just hanging out, my son 
looks up into the sky and he goes, hey, what is that? And we see this orange orb, like transparent orb. It, my wife goes, oh, we're all, we all three saw it. I saw it as the first time I ever saw a UFO. Like the first time I ever saw one, I'm like, she goes, oh, it's a drone. I go, it's not making any noise. And it's moving, it's zipping across the sky. And my son goes, hey, look, what is that? And I go, what is it? Yeah, what is that? Because it was like a transparent ball just zipping across the sky. And we all saw it together. Like, But he spot, he spotted it. And at that moment, I was thinking about the this interview that we're going to be doing today. And I was also thinking about my friend Mario from Symbolic Studies, how he has night vision goggles and how he tells me that there's crazy stuff up in the sky that we're not able to see because we're not able to detect it. And as all that's going on in my mind, boom, a UFO just shows up out of nowhere. It was the craziest thing because, again, I'm a skeptic. Right? I'd never seen anything like that before. We live near an airport, so the first thing, you know, the rational Occam's razor, okay, well, it's it's a balloon. It's right after New Year's. It's a balloon. It's a, there was fireworks still going off because people were setting off fireworks. No, no, it wasn't. You could clearly tell it was something, and it kind of sort of fell organic for some weird reason. And again, I don't know if it's because I had just finished watching the movie Nope, like a few, a week or two before that where they're showing this organic UFO that's like a sort of animal, but it felt like a sort of jellyfish because it was transparent and it was orange. It was almost like you, you ever seen those balls that you throw up into the, onto your ceiling and they fall down and they light up. I don't know if you guys have seen those, those, those ads on social media. Anyways, I've, I've bought my son, these little balls that they light up and you're able to throw them up into, they glow in the dark. You're able to throw them up on the roof and they fall down by themselves. It's like a, a therapeutic type of thing. So they're real sticky. And, and it reminded me of that because one of them was or, like uh, transparent. but had like an orange tint to it. And it was that zipping across, totally silent, zipping across the sky. And I was just blown away because I'd never seen anything like that. And my wife got, my wife has a video. And I recorded my son's reaction right after the fact. About what yeah, because I didn't have time to take out my phone and people are like, Oh, did you get a video? I'm like, No, I didn't, because I don't have I didn't have time to react. It was it was going, it was moving pretty quickly. But I did get my son's reaction after that. And my wife caught a video of me just sitting like this for the rest of the night. I was just like looking up, trying to <laughs> trying to spot another one because I wanted to see it. I wanted to see something else. And it all started with me thinking about this exact episode right now, where we're at right now. And I saw my first UFO ever. So that's my UFO story. And I'm glad that my wife and my son were both there to see it because I know I'm not crazy. I know what I saw. Well, we don't know what we saw. And that's the problem that we don't know what we saw. So here we are. What do you, what do you think, Mike? You're muted. I think you're muted, Mike. <laughs> okay. So what you just shared is very common. Like, like I, I, I have been keeping track of these things and I have, I've written about it in the book, like where people will be talking. So here's a, a woman, a friend of mine, very close friend of mine. She edited my books. She's, um, her name is Suzanne Chancellor and she's had experiences and she was um, at her house in Rhode Island and she heard an owl out the window. And she was like, I'm going to record this from, from, from Mike. From, I want to get this recording of this owl from Mike. So she has her cell phone or her smartphone and she puts it on record. 
And it's just at dusk and she's kind of walking to this tree. It's actually right on, it's a neighbor's yard technically, but she walks there. It's right on the overlaps her yard. And so she's holds the phone so she can get the audio. And as she walks towards the tree, hearing the owl, it goes poof and it lights up as an orange orb, a floating orange orb in the tree and the hooting stops. So there's, so she is, she is, her full intention is to record the audio of an owl for me. And then an orange orb appears. I got, and then I can go, I got a few stories essentially exactly like that. So what you just shared is part of a pattern and I don't know what to make of it. Um, I got another one too, Mike. Oh, uh, keep going. I've, I've got one too. Yeah, keep going. Got Gordy, I don't know if you have uh, puppies in the background. If you could I'm mute. Sorry, man. Yeah, you're good. So I, I don't have to go in later and edit it all out because it's, it's all good. But I, on my website, on my Ko-Fi, I sell some merch, right? I have, I have my comic book. I have a journal that I publish with esoteric and occult topics. And then I have like a, a rolling tray for, you know, the devil, the electric lettuce, right? And then I have these custom bookmarks that I make and I sent Gordy one that I made and I, and I cut them out, designed it myself. And it was like a geometric pattern of an owl. And Gordy has one of the ones that I sent him because I had made it just to take pictures of it to promote it, whatever, but I had never sold any until yesterday, the day before this episode. And I, and I offer over 200 designs they're svg files that i I run in my laser i had never sold any i sold my first one yesterday right and out of the 250 designs that i have that the lady was able to pick out for me to engrave for her she picks out the fucking owl out of all the designs (laughs) for me to do for her so i like send her an email i'm like hey which design do you want she's like oh page three uh, row two d i have like this whole thing and as, as I'm going to, I'm like, oh, of course, you had to pick the owl out of all the things. So the owls are following us around. And here we are. And that was just another synchronicity of of the week. It's just a little cherry on top. So I don't know what they're trying to tell us, but I'm, I'm here for all of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep going. I'm, this is, I, it's a, the synchronicity aspect of it is something, you know, this is when they have like the guys that like saw the UFO on the Tic Tac thing on the Nimitz and the air force. I'm like, mm-hmm. like, I just want people to ask like, 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 do you guys like the pilot or the radar guy or someone like, do you have any owl, odd owl experiences? And I don't mm. know, I guess I could, I know people, I could probably figure out a way to get a hold of them, but um, they're probably on Facebook or something, but you know, so the, so this owl thing is overlaps with like, synchronicity and psychic stuff premonitions um life changes and stuff like that so those are the questions i ask people like you know what what was going on just before your event i don't care if it's a ufo i don't care if it's an owl i don't care if it's a synchronicity i I kind of i try to weight each event all the same because each one of them like a powerful synchronicity is just as mysterious as a ufo right or as as a as a as a mystical owl sighting like mm-hmm. like you know it's one thing to see an owl in the forest way off in the distance it's another to have like a highly charged experience with an owl that that um that coincides with the synchronicity or so all of these things i use the term magic a lot and i know it must drive like like kind of materialistic nuts and bolts researchers crazy but i just it's the right word 
you know, because right I word. don't have to, like, I don't have to pretend that I, that I'm smart in a way. Like, I don't have to like overthink it. It's just like, no, a magical event, a powerful mystical event took place. It involved an owl and, um, and I'm totally content with that. So what you're sharing and what you've all been sharing really, oh, that's, that's the owl. That was in... yesterday. Oh, wow. That I have a, so this breeding pair is Peter and Gwen. And I named them that kind of haphazardly thinking like, I'll never see these owls again. Cause I had just watched galaxy quest. I just named them Peter and Gwen after the main characters. Right. Cause I thought it'd be funny uh, to name them Gwen DeMarco and Peter Quincy Talbert. So I thought it'd be funny. The, this was yesterday morning, Mike. This is Gwen. She meets me out there sometimes <laughs> in the morning. She this meets was you out there, bro. That's, it's yeah. just sitting yeah. there, too. Wow. Oh, that's beautiful. So uh, they've, I've gotten to know them very well, this, this pair. And I have another pair in my neighborhood here that come to my oh. chimney and hoot down the chimney and it just echoes and reverberates <laughs> oh, through the house. Out. And um, it, it was always like, and it, they started about 10 years ago and I, I had kind of forgotten and, and I had had a lot of substance abuse problems in those years, you know, and <clears throat> um, like I was missing a lot of, this is one of my favorites. This is where, this is exactly the tree that I meditate under. And that's them just watching me. And it's every morning. Wow. For how long? Four years. Wow. Off and on. They, they left. And then that's them right there. Um, if you pull, can you pull up the sound? Can you do the sound on that? Yeah, what? I have to reshare my screen, I think. Let me do it okay. again. Are they are they ho hooting on that? What what's, what's the yeah. technical term for that? Is it hooting, hooing? Yeah, they're they're calling. So this is after Christmas break. This is That's a different type. It's not like the regular, like, hoo hoo, you know, like there's, well, I mean, I don't know if that's Hollywood that makes them sound like really hollow. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really. The the great horned owls have a bunch of different calls so that mm. they can do that, that hoot hoot. And they can also do the, the real beautiful. That's when the, the real beautiful baritone kind of haunted house sound effect yeah. is the great horned owl usually. Okay. Yeah, this is and, but this, so they have a they have, they make squeaky squawks. They sound like ducks sometimes. So they make a bunch of different noises. Yeah. Wow. And so I, yeah. I, I was reading your book. I mean, this this topic is even related to to Crowley and the and and lamb and the how you're able to see a, an owl in within the head of it. And also the one that tripped me out was the hospice cat that you talk about in the book as well. The cat that goes around and it, it, it mm -hmm. lingers around, but it only stays on people who have a few hours to live. And the idea that animals have this sixth sense, if you will, where they're able to tell by either looking into another parallel reality 
or if they're able to see the person's aura fading away or something about animals because we know that animals they migrate they have they they sense if it's a magnetic field if it is something about whatever it is we know that they have some sort of extra perceptions and the owl especially can you talk a little bit about the whole owl because my whole thing mike and help me understand because we're talking about the ufos and i know there's the difference between the ufo experiencer abductee and then there's other there's another one there's one more right the one that accepts the experience the one that's apprehensive contactee is the usually the term that's used for folks that like that are that feel they've been chosen or that they're delivering a message or their family is mm. usually contactee. Okay. All those terms are kind of, you know, they're a little fuzzy in the sense that it's hard to pin anything down. So abductee people, some people have a real tough time with the term abductee. I try not to use it too much, but it's, it's the word we're all used to and mm. all familiar with. So I do use yeah. it. So. But the, the idea that these beings, because I've talked to Michael P. Masters where he talks about how they, they are us in the future and come and they're coming back to study us through time travel and all this technology and how the UFO is able to bend light in order to time travel and all these different things. But my whole thing is, if they're so advanced, why would they use an owl out of all things? Do you have an answer? Do you have an answer for that question? Because that's my whole thing. If these things are so <laughs> interdimensional and so advanced... Why use an animal and especially something so obscure like an owl? Because you don't always see an owl. When I see an owl, I'm like, oh my, it's so majestic. It's like an experience on its own, right? It's like, wow. I, I would argue that's exactly why they are using the owl because it is so majestic. Because I think everyone has that, you know, wow, if emotion, right? So you see a bunny rabbit in the yard. I mean, bunny rabbits are nice and cute and everything like that, but you don't have the same reaction to seeing a bunny rabbit as you do an owl. And um, so, I would argue that the reason this is so, so the answer is you asked me, do I do what's, do I know? I don't know. So I can speculate around it and I can dance around and I can guess and I can, but the owl is a highly charged totem animal. There's a term that uh, in like the mythology or what would you call like, um, like a mythologist would use the term archetype. Okay. You know, so there's like these archetypal images, like, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker is an archetype of the hero. So you, you watch Star Wars and you're seeing, you know, Luke Skywalker with his lightsaber, you know, fighting and doing battle. And you're watching this adventure movie and you're carried along in the adventure. But what you're seeing is the archetype, the ancient archetype of the hero. And it shows up all over the globe. And I'm, I'm basing a lot of this off of um, the, the work of Joseph Campbell, who was a mythologist. The hero with a thousand faces. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the owl is an ancient archetype. It is, it is, it is, there's mythology that has risen up all throughout the world, which is very similar. It's not identical, but it's very similar. And um, in nowhere is the owl like a light and fluffy totem. Like there's, there's animals out there that have a, that are imbued with a light totem energy, uh, um, butterflies and and um, hummingbirds have like this light energy. So like, it's a, considered a real playful, good omen if you if you have a powerful synchronicity involving a butterfly or involving a hummingbird um but owls all over the world do not have that they have a heavy challenging weight to them and and so i people ask me are they good or bad and i can't answer that what i can certainly say is they bring a challenge right so a challenge isn't bad 
right? You get your challenge, you get a, you get challenged in your life. If you can work through that, if you can overcome that challenge, if you can, if you can take on that challenge, it's rewarding. So I would argue that the owl represents symbolically a challenge. It also represents, and this is me distilling down the thousands of, of reports of owls showing up at highly charged times, most often in the presence of UFO. I would say that the, the owl is a, um, also a totem of the transformational experience. People are mm-hmm. transformed in in the presence of an owl or in the presence of a UFO or in the presence of a powerful synchronicity, I would say. You know, like people have, I've talked to plenty of people who said, oh, I had a powerful synchronicity, it changed my life. So your question is why the owls? What, you know, why did they pick? They, the aliens pick the owl. I would argue that they picked it for the same reason, let's say that the ancient gods picked the owl or the or the shaman, you know, living out in a teepee a thousand years ago in North Dakota, recognized that the owl was imbued with this symbolic power. And so the owl symbolically is well, not symbolically, quite literally, it's a creature of the night, right? It can it has these great big eyes, it can see into the darkness, it can see into the night, and it doesn't take you know, like ancient man would have recognized that it's magic that the owl can fly in complete darkness. Presently, we know that their eyes are highly developed and they have special cones and rods that allow them to have excellent night vision. But to ancient man, it was magic. And then the mythology that arose around the owl is the owl would fly into the night. And that is a metaphor. I mean, night means something totally different even just a couple hundred years ago, right? We have the electric light bulb now. The night doesn't have the same ominous charge that it used to have. It, like a thousand years ago, when the sun went down, like night was sinister, evil, dark, menacing. But it was also the place of testing. It was also the place of the ancestors. It was the place mm-hmm. of ghosts. So the owl can fly into the night symbolically it is flying in to the land of the gods to the land of the ancestors to that other realm that that is parallel to ours that we cannot genuinely or generally that we can't access easily so the owl can fly into that and the next step to that is that the owl returns with a message and what so when i was working on the books like i would collect report after report and and people would send these things in and they say oh i had this powerful experience with the owl it was you know it sometimes it didn't involve it just involved a magical experience with an owl and they would say um they would call it the owl and then they would just call it the messenger they say well the owl landed on the post and i went out and looked at it and then the messenger looked at me and then i realized that this coincided with the with some important event oftentimes with the death so that symbolic energy is already all over the owl. So I would say that, that the, the owl, the, the ancient archetype of the owl is well understood by who's ever piloting the UFO. And they chose the owl specifically because it touches us on that unconscious level. So when you see an owl, you said it so clearly, like, wow, there's majesties to it. It's impressive. It's, 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 it takes your breath away. Everyone says that everyone says that. And, and, um, and that, that's that's in our DNA. I'm I'm, I feel like everyone in the world feels that, and they have since the dawn of time. So, now, 
I'm just speculating. I can't answer this. So you take this one step farther that the UFO occupants for us now are playing the same role as the ancient gods, right? So they're, and the, so I would say it's the same energy, whatever's going on now. You know, we say, oh, we see flying saucers in the air. We say that they're, they're um, little scientists coming to earth on a metal spaceship. That very well may be true. There's very little evidence of that, except it's it it fits. Like we can all wrap our mind around that. But you know, you say, well, the you know the ancient gods lived on Mount Olympus, right? And they they, you know, the Zeus threw lightning bolts down, and and there's all these in Poseidon made the waves crash and stuff. But they all lived up on 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 Mount Olympus, and but that we we kind of dismiss that now. That's quaint, right? It was like, oh, that's not that's fairy tale. That's this old myth. But I would argue that in its own way, the thought that these flying saucers come from another planet is just as quaint in its own way. I, so I'm, I'm, for myself, I don't try to overanalyze it, but I, but I feel that the same powers that were in play for ancient man are still in play with us now. And that the experiences that all three of us have described, mm -hmm. I feel those are universal experiences that mankind... Like you, we could have stepped out of the cave with our, you know, with our club and, and, and had an equally powerful owl experience and shared it with the village. And that was the, the dawn of our, of our owl mythology that follows us still today. Um, we don't recognize it. We're in a world without a, a intimate connection with mythology. Uh, someone in the jungles of, of Brazil, someone in the plains of North Dakota, in a, in a tribal setting, in a, in a setting where these stories are handed down from generation after generation would have a better working knowledge of the, why the owl is here. So we are, we are adrift a little bit in our Western society. We don't have, we don't have that same connection to the ancient myths, but that is, that's how I'm seeing it now is that this is just another mm -hmm. ancient myth. It's got a different costume. The same events are taking place. Agreed. <clears throat> Man, it, yeah, I can't tell you how much it's opened my... Uh, okay, so this could be part of a much longer or larger conversation, but the reason why I kind of feel like I was I was ditching your, your stuff, because when I'd started sharing uh, my owl photos on Facebook, um, I had gotten a couple of weird... You know, people were thinking, you know, were, were uh, in the circles that I was sharing them in, there were people like seeing that as like an alien kind of thing, because we had been talking about that. And like, I'm sure Whitley had come up because I'm sure that's where I had heard you before was probably on Dreamland. Um, but, and I had had um, UFO sightings, like since I was young. And, um, but I didn't want my experience with the owls because it's, I recognize immediately it's a very special experience. I didn't want any of the UFO tint or alien ET tint to it. I wanted to experience it for what it was and like, I didn't want to come compartmentalized but i wanted to get 
to the truth of what my experience was, you know, because I have, <laughs> I don't know where to start, man. The, I, I have implants. I worked in, in, uh, the, I worked for military contracting for many years. Um, but I associate the implants with that. I did not, because I mean, I have kind of found a paper trail that kind of shows that evidence to that effect anyway. Um, but I never felt like I was abducted, but although when I have been, I've told therapists and counselors about my experiences, even they have said, okay, tell me about the little green men, which freaked me the fuck out. And I'm like, that's not what I said because I never felt like that's what it was. Um, because I'd had like three dark figures around my bed, you know, and I was trying that kind of uh, leap during a sleep paralysis thing and on more than one occasion. But it all fit with the timing and everything of what I was doing the program they were doing with the contractor I was working for at the time. Um, but I mean, then again, I don't, that's how I interpret that experience. I understand that. And the thing is my experience with those things, like take, take for example, in your book, the uh, beeping UFOs, the, the beeping and the hooting owls, right? Um, I would listen to those a couple of times and I went to the website to hear the longer versions. And it sounds like it's playing their EKG back to them. And it's it feels like it's a trickster spirit playing those people's heart rate back to to them. Because the beeping speeds up with the heart rate of the one guy that, uh, you know what I'm talking about? She's the, the uh, gun the in the air. Cop fires a gun, right? Cop fires a gun. Yeah, and, and then it changes. The, and it gets beep, beep, beep. It's beep, like beep, the heart beep, rate beep, goes, goes up, up essentially. Yeah, yeah. Your heart rate goes up. I feel like it's reflecting their heart rate. And I feel like it's doing that with the other people as well in the other occasions. But that feels like a trickster spirit to me. Like they're encountering some sort of trickster of some sort that's kind of reflecting something back to them. And I've encountered like kind of gin characters in the, in the desert that are like, you know, the flowing shadow kind of things. Mm -hmm. And cause I mean, the owls brought me out to walk the desert every, as, as often as I can almost every night. But <clears throat> the reason I finally decided to read your book is because about uh, six months ago, um, my wife and I were walking around our neighborhood and the owls were following us again. And oh, so wait a minute, they follow you around the neighborhood? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. When they're walking, when we were walking and I took, took her out there, I, I was like, cause I wanted to share, you know, she hears this and, and they've, they've done it with us. Like they've, they've come to our house when, by the time we get around, when we're leaving, when we leave, we see them and 
We're like, okay, we'll meet you back at the house. And we come back around uh, our, the whole desert neighborhood area. And we come back to the house. They're sitting right there in, in front of my front door. And I don't, I don't have names for these two, but she is huge. I kind of just call her grandmother because she's enormous. But yeah, they're the ones that have been, it's kind of, it's been a theme throughout my life. But okay, so this one experience, um, my wife and I were walking around again, and I said, I asked, I told her to tell them to tell us where to go to lead us. So she did. And we walk around the, they kind of go in front of us and we follow where they're going, which leads us around this corner store near our house. And we come around the corner store. There's a dirt lot between the corner store and our neighborhood. We come through that dirt lot and there's no cars that I saw my wife didn't either and it's it's dusk and um we're walking through this path between the dirt lot and our housing development and this car comes out from behind us just barreling through us and i'm like holy crap where'd that guy come from i grabbed my phone to take a picture of his of his license plate and as he's going he's barreling down the road, it takes our attention down that road. And we both go, holy shit, look at right there. And there's four triangles, four, uh, yeah, triangle UFOs, equilateral triangles. One's going booking uh, wet east, one's booking south, one's going north, and one of them is coming straight for us, straight up Sarita Road. And, and we're both, I'm trying to film this and my wife is like almost walking into traffic because she's, she's watching the UFOs. Right. And we're like, holy shit, man. And I'm trying to f- film it. I'm trying to get as much as I can, but this thing comes booking right above us stops. It is silent and it's got lights on each, each corner. But I think the way the light was at dusk, so here's, here's what I, I think we saw. There was a kind of a bubble around the triangle. And in, in that core, there was another bubble, right? You could see kind of a, a center piece, which, you know, I'm well-versed with the UFO lore and the military contracting, which I think I've seen um, parts for, you know, black ops, um, aircraft. So I, I've kind of had a, an idea that the TR3B is a real thing. The whole torsion engine idea on that, uh, on a, on a triangle makes complete sense because what it, what I feel like it's doing, the propulsion is it's bending, it's opening space around it. And each of those corners just pulls, pulls the craft through. And I feel like that's what we were seeing with the, the, the lights around the, the kind of circular 
um, bend to the light around it. There, there you go. The one in the green kind of, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of those kind of look like that. Yep. Wow. Okay. Very commonly reported. Yeah. There's, there's some reports in, um, uh, in the messengers where they, people talk about the, the, um, triangle UFOs with the, with the yeah. four lights, the three in a corner and one in the middle, very commonly mm-hmm. reported. So the, now the question is, so if this was a military craft of some sort, why would the owl have led you there seemingly? Yeah. I don't, it's a, yeah. This is the challenge. You get this stuff gets all blurred right. together. Yeah. So I, I fully can comprehend that we have technologies advanced enough to do those kind of maneuvers and kind of appear as if it's a UFO, like just, I mean, I spent a lot of money. They've been spending a lot of money on these mm-hmm. things. So I, I'm assuming that could happen so that I'm, I don't discount that, but you know, why the owl would, why the owl would lead you there. So yeah, just, this is, this is, this is the challenge with this subject is you, you get this weird stuff and then it, it like, there's no easy answer. Have you ever ran across the book Camellio, Mike? No. So I'll pull it up here in a second. But what we're saying about this, this perhaps alien tech we have Roswell, which because my whole I focus a lot on the on the occult magic alchemy. I don't really dive too much into cryptids as much as I would like to. With this new year, I do want to start branching onto the paranormal and whatnot. But. I think that, for example, Roslyn was, or not Roslyn, Roswell, during that time, Jack Parsons was doing the Babylon working rituals and all these different magical things that they were trying to manifest into this dimension. And I think that that was part of that because you have the occultism aspect always linked to this UFO phenomenon of, oh, what, what if they're, I remember growing up, because I grew up Pentecostal Christian, they, they would always tell me, oh, aliens are demons. You know, they're demons from somewhere else, from outer, the demons live in outer space. Like, that's what I was told as a kid. So I've always linked the UFO phenomenon with like this demonic type of view to it, because that's how I was raised. But one of the things that trips me out is that, for example, the new Avatar movie that came out, and I'm an Avatar fan. But Cameron, the the director of that movie, the reason that he took so long to, to, for it to come out was because he didn't have the technology for it. Wait, what? So what are you hinting at? Because I've had somebody tell me before that they come out with these movies where they use this, this unique technology for whatever movie it is, but it's actually that they're testing out this alien... I don't want to say alien tech, but this interdimensional tech or whatever it is, they're using it for these movies and they just say, oh, well, you know, we, we made it for the movie. Well, did you, or did you, are you just testing it out? And you're saying it was made for the movie. Right. And I, I, I think of Cameron because he's the one that's been at the bottom of the Mariana trench and, and he's done all these underwater, underwater shots. And he's the one that invented that technology to be able to do that. That's very specific. So the Camellio book, which I'll pull it up here in a second, the Camellio, Camellio, a strange but true story of invisible spies, heroin addiction, and homeland security. It's by Robert 
Oh, I have heard of this. A Guffy. And yeah, well, if you've heard about it, well, it's a, a, a friend of mine who is involved at Skinwalker Ranch. He's the one that told me about it and pretty much hinting at this whole thing that the, that the government is testing out technology out there and, hey, just chuck it up to the Skinwalker. Just blame it on the indigenous beliefs. So it's, just, it's, just, it's a spirit. It's a spooky spirit that's out there. Don't go out there. Don't dig. You know, we're going to put it in this History Channel show, whatever it is. Don't dig out there because you get cancer, you get radiation poisoning. But in actuality, it's the government. But then I turn around and go... Why out of all the fucking places that place? Why can't they just test that out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean or something without having to bother anybody? It's so specific to these certain areas, right? Because I'm in I'm in Florida. I mean, it's a hot spot for UFO sightings. The first time I ever saw a UFO was the other day when the, the story that I told you guys that I can say, hey, I don't know what that was. And I, I know I saw something, but I can't tell you exactly what it was, but it was weird. And it looked like a ball that was just flying through the air. It wasn't a drone because you could hear the fans on a drone. You could hear a drone. Mm-hmm. And it was just close enough to where I could see it. And it was just leading enough to where I could. And it was zipping right across the sky. Boom. So if they, if the government is so powerful and omni, omnipresent, because that's how they seem like that they can be multiple places at once. Why would they waste their time testing it on just regular people, right? Like random people almost. Is it because maybe they won't be taken seriously? Is it because when you hear these crazy stories, and I'm a skeptic, when you hear all these crazy stories, it's like who, yeah, who's gonna believe you? And that's why I was so happy that my wife and my son were there. Mm-hmm. My son's only four years old, but still, my wife, who's a grown ass woman, she saw it too, and I can confirm with her. Like, did you do you know what we saw? Well, we don't know what we saw, but we saw something. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I'm like conflicted in this area of like, why would they waste their time testing it in plain sight? Is it meant to be for the disclosure? How do you feel about the disclosure in this post-disclosure world? Like, do you think that they're actually doing something or do you think it's part of this other conspiracy agenda that they're going to use this technology for Project Blue Beam and they're going to project gods in the sky that are going to trick everybody and show them that religion is not what they seem not 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 what they were led on to believe and there's going to be this how what was it reagan if there wasn't an alien threat that we could all come together and Mm -hmm. it would bring us all together what are your thoughts on that because i i feel like there's well within the community at least they talk about psyops and all these other things and i just like to think outside the box of like why would they waste their time with just regular people. Why not go elsewhere or test it on their own facilities? And like Area 51, everybody knows all the aliens are there. Why would they keep all the aliens there? If everybody knows they're, you know what I'm saying? Like if everybody knows they're there, why wouldn't they have some hidden base somewhere in some mountain in the middle of nowhere that nobody knows about if it's that secret? Am I, am I making any sense? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all these are good questions. Yeah, yeah. I, so, so as far as like why the disclosure event in the movement yeah like wow this is a slippery slope everyone's got an opinion and and i i don't this is not my first line of thought uh, this is like i almost am content like basically i'm glad i'm doing the owl stuff and the weird stuff and the paranormal stuff and the synchronicity stuff because i don't have to worry about i can just my plate is full i don't have to get bogged down with the disclosure stuff but and this is just my very strong sense 
a few things like we're in the last 20 years, 15 years of YouTube and the internet. And like, I think, I think it was embarrassing that there's such a wealth of information out there, such a wealth of photographs. Some of them are sloppy and some of them are fake, but not all of them. And, uh, that they, that they was, it was, it would be like, um, essentially embarrassing for them to keep on saying, no, no, there's no such thing. When, when statistically, I don't know what the numbers are. I mean, it used to be around 65 and then it turned to 75, but I mean, there's basically just been this trend of, of going up, 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 up where people, um, are believe in whether it's extraterrestrial life or UFOs, you know, what that might mean, you know, my, my ideas about it are kind of esoteric, but you know, that sort of mainstream idea that UFOs are here visiting us is well accepted by the majority of people. So they, they, it was inevitable that they would, that they would have to like, you know, if that goes up and up and up, it's inevitable that they have to, to, to come clean in some way. And I think what they are doing, and you know, who's Walter Bosley can speak well to this is that they are focusing. She would come on the show, Walter, answer my DMS, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So, so there's a, um, he's hard to get a hold of. So, so there's a, um, that one just something so that, if if the magician is doing a trick on stage, right? He's just he's just directing your attention away from your eye. You know, he's doing the trick with one hand when he's when he's directing your attention with the other hand. So the the present UFO thing is directing us to think about it as a threat, to think about it as something that Navy pilots see, to think about it as something that can be captured on radar, to think that it's nuts and bolts. So what's that? Louis Elizondo goes on uh, Tucker Carlson and talks about, you know, uh, materials that they, that they have had, uh, that they've come across and that they are now examining and studying. And there's hints of like, they have a whole craft. Ooh, that's like, I don't know whether that's true or not, but there's certainly hints out there. People say it doesn't make it true. And there's also hints that they have bodies just because they say it doesn't make it true, but there's certainly that information is out there. So there's this, this, the, all of our is being directed that way. I, and, and, and then they're, it's interesting what they are not talking about. They are not talking about the abduction phenomenon. They are not talking about the the, the fact that, or the fact, I'll call it a fact. It's that, that people who have had that many people who have had close up UFO contact experiences on one level, it's transformative on another level. They, they have, they end up with psychic abilities. Wow. That's interesting. That's super interesting. They're not talking about it on Tucker Carlson. They're not talking about that stuff in the mainstream of of the disclosure movement so my sense is they're 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 distracting us to keep us looking over there while something else is going on over here and beyond that i have like who knows what the decision made was made and why um and i and i suspect you could look at it any number of ways but that's my sense because we're we're talking because i had jay widener on this week and the whole Corey good Thing with mm-hmm. how they they the secret space program he was abducted mm-hmm. 
And they did all this stuff and they took them to the moon to sign some paperwork. I'm like, why would they waste it? Why couldn't you just go down the street <laughs> and sign the paperwork? Oh, oh, that, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that whole thing where Ooh, it smelled bad. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, it's obvious that he's doing it for either publicity and that's fine because I, I, this is why it's like a weird thing for me because I talk about magic, which is also this, it's all about phenomenology, right? Where it's like, it's real to you. Whatever you experience is, is real. The, the experience is, is yours. And I can't take that away from you, but it's also how are you able to discern who is actually full of shit and who's not? Because we can all agree that everybody knows that there is something happening. There is something out there. I think I saw a video this week where it was these news reporters. That I've had people send me videos of the live stream feed of the White House. And there's UFOs in the background, like zipping around these orbs of light. And it's not like a bug where you can tell it's like these distinct orbs of light. And I have people sending me screenshots of it and like videos. But I'm like, they, they, they see this feed too. Don't they see that there? Or are they planting how you're saying? Are they planting it there to plant this idea? Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Gordy. Yeah. Okay. So this is, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Okay. So Mike, you've been in the UFO game for a long time, right? This is how you got, got into it. Kind of the UFO thing. Oh. And then the owls showed them to you or how did, how did this happen for you? You so saw alien grays, right, Mike? I saw, I had childhood experiences. You were a kid, right? And then, and then I had uh, an event when I was 30. I'm 60 now. So half my life ago, I had an event. Um, and that was, and what I'll tell you, so those events, the stuff that happened as a kid, I had missing time. I saw close-up UFOs. And, and, uh, and then as a 30-year-old, I had an experience where I sat up in my bed and looked out a window, out the window right next to my bed. And there were five gray aliens walking towards the house. And, and I just like, wasn't going there. Like I, I had a voice in my head that said, now is the time to put your head on the pillow and shut down. And that's exactly what I did. And I, every, I was not going to take that seriously. I was like, Nope, that was a dream. Never happened. I mm -hmm. don't know what quite what to think of now. And, um, but the, um, and then it wasn't until 2006 really that I had a powerful set of owl experiences. So I had that foundation of these UFO things. So I kind of was like, you know, like, and I was reading UFO books and I knew like what the implication was, but I was not going there. I was no way I was like, um, I was in full <laughs> denial, not going there. Okay. Uh -uh. And then, and then I saw the owls. Okay. I had a powerful experience in the mountains of, uh, of Wyoming with a woman named Kristen and we saw three owls and we went camping four nights later. And again, we saw three owls and, and it was so mystical. It was so mystical. And it was that event of seeing owls. These are real owls. I got no doubt about it. If we had a camera, they, they're like, they were 11 inches tall. They were cute. They flew around. They flew right close to us. They were real owls, but it changed the direction of my life that event seeing real owls and it and that it wasn't seeing five gray aliens out the window that made me look into my own experiences it was the owls that made me look into my own experience so once i saw the owls i was i heard a voice in my head essentially i didn't talk about this at the time i talk about it now where when i saw those owls with Kristen in the mountains of wyoming camping in 2006 
I heard a voice in my head that said, this has something to do with the UFOs. I was looking at owls. I had a voice in my head that said, this has something to do with UFOs. You were following an owl. It led you to a UFO. You were thinking about your owl, your program with UFOs and you saw, or your owl program and you saw UFOs. So there's this, this thing where they like, they overlap. You know, you're looking for, I have lots of stories about people looking for UFOs and finding owls. I got people looking for owls and finding UFOs. I mean, it's, it's like, it's gets really messy. They get all tangled up. So how I got onto this was I was in full state of denial, 100% denial about my own experiences. I could kind of whisper about it. I could kind of wonder about it. I could kind of speculate about it, but didn't, I I was not going to say it was true. And that all changed with, with the, the owls in 2006. I started obsessively researching the owl stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Keep going. I, I, yeah, that was, if I'm not sure if I answered your question, but keep going. Yeah, no, this is great. I just, I, I, we could, the synchronicities will go on forever. Um, but my wife's name is Christy. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So, um, so there's, there's <laughs> funny. My, so I, Kristen is a real close friend of mine and she goes by Christy or Kristen. And um, this is funny. There's a guy named Mike Cleland who's a, in Florida. He's a, he's a, he was a state representative. Politician, right? Yeah. He's a politician. Yeah. His wife, his uh-huh. name is Kristen. So I don't know how that's like a funny little thing. That's like a, that's mm. a, like, that's a small synchronicity compared to some yeah. of them. But I just thought that was very funny because, because we, you know, like I was, I basically, I realized I got the Mike Clellan website first. I got the domain name. First. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Strike while the iron iron's hot. Uh, so I, I, I don't even know where to go with this. Oh, here, like, let me just say one so thing weird for you, go ahead, for Gordy, just so, so you said, you know, you put these pictures on your Instagram of these owls. People are like, Oh, the aliens, right. Uh-huh. That, that's partially me. And that's, there's plenty of UFO references before my books came out that, that Yo, yeah. referenced the owls and UFOs. I just, I'm the one that went crazy about it. I'm the one that went insane essentially. So, Oh, are those, these are my babies. This was, uh, what year is that one? Um, that is Flora, Fauna, and Mer- Merriweather. There's a giant uh, Gila monster. Wow. Flora, Fauna, and Merriweather. And the littlest one um, was this year had a, uh, he was the last one to fledge and he had kind of a messed up eye. So he stuck around for a while. You know, they, they have those, the secondary yep. um, eyelids. Yep. Well, one of his um, got stuck when he was a baby and when he was still like getting his uh, feathers and stuff. So um, he'd been sticking, he stuck around, uh, that might be him, I'm not sure. But yeah, these are- A shout out to this guy. Look, 10 weeks ago, I just heard you on -on one-on-one, great stuff. I love owls. I'll be checking out your stuff. Shout out to Shoe and Spike too. (laughs) Right on! Wow, that's awesome. I'm glad you saw that. So, so you had been. So people were saying, "Ah, oh, the owls on your Instagram page, like UFOs." And then, um, so I would argue that. Uh, so, so I'm like, I have, I like, I when I, like, I'm not clinging to the owl thing, right? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying to loosen my grip on the UFO thing, and take a step back. And, and say that, you know, well, the, the term I use is highly charged human event. 
like I think that the owls are connected to a highly charged human event or human events. And those mm. would be, and I should be able to list them off the top of my head. Uh, UFOs is one that's a highly charged UFO event, right? You see a UFO, it changes your life, right? So you see something in the sky that everyone says cannot exist. You see it and realize, no, I like, I got my, I know what I saw with my own eyes. And then people are often changed, right? So everyone tells me reality is one way. I have direct confirmation from what I saw that reality is somehow richer and deeper. Uh, death, mm. lots of owls and mm -hmm. death stories. Lots of stories of owls when people take mushrooms, strangely enough. And then shamanic initiation. So people who mm -hmm. are studying shamanism or mm -hmm. apprenticing to be a shaman or are chosen by the village to be the next shaman, this is well understood within the community of shamans that owls show up around the time of initiation. There's a book called um, Passport to the Cosmos by Dr. John Mack. And he talks extensively about owls. Well, let me, he talks extensively about shamanism and its connection to to a uh, the, the the symbolic events of an initiation, and then owls play a role in that as well as as. And then there was one more meditation. I got lots of stories about owls and meditation, Whew, lots of them, and and dreams. So we got these highly charged events: dreams, meditation, shamanic initiation, death. Like that's the ultimate transformational event. And um, I might have missed one, but I think that's that's all of them. And so I'm saying that UFOs are just another highly charged human event. The, and the owls are, are oh, how awesome. Is that in your chimney? This, this is the nest that's right next to that tree. And put a trail cam. This is right essentially under under where I park. It's right next to where I park my, oh, wow. my car. And um, so here's, here's the fledging. There it goes. Now, what's interesting, watch this. This is Merriweather. He was the one that, he was the last one to fledge. And he has this <laughs> emotional reaction. His feathers frickle, like kind of frill. Then he gets upset. Watch when, you know how an owl will, will clack. And then they, and they poof up when they're, when they're either threatened, but he's also upset. Like that he's, he's the last one. And the craziest part about these owl pictures is that they're, they're looking directly at you. They're acknowledging. Oh, they, they, they lock eyes at <laughs> you. Wow. Mm -hmm. Is it powerful? Oh yeah, absolutely. And speaking of shamanism, Mike, when I first, when I also started sharing these, um, experiences with them somebody on one of my chats and it wasn't on facebook it wasn't on instagram it was on facebook and um somebody said somebody said that exact same same thing they said do you think you're going through a, a shamanic initiation and i'm like what well understood it's well understood with with within the community of shamans yep so I'm like, that hit me like a ton of bricks, right? And it kind of freaked me out. So yeah. I had to go back and figure out who said it, right? Because the only person that I think I was talking to around that time that would be kind of onto the, that stuff would be uh, Lindsay Sharman. And I asked her and she said no. And um, I was like, oh, man. And so I went back and tried to find that comment again. And it wasn't there. 
I couldn't find it. But you have a memory of it being there. But I remember it. I I never really would have put those words together, I think, before that. Yeah. yeah. So here's the, this is, shows up in the book, and I talk about this in the first book. So um, when I did my podcast, for, for my initial podcast, which is called Hidden Experience, I would ask every person who came on the show, pretty much everyone, I would say, what, what's up with the owls? And people would say, oh, owls are a totem of wisdom and they have, you know, they're associated with mythology. And then, you know, there's often reports of, so, so people would answer the owl question and they did. A, and then I would, the next question I ask is like, how would you define a shaman? And then they would say, oh, a shaman is like the medicine man of a village. And people had really nice, you know, so it's, it's, those are both kind of fuzzy things to try to define. And, and I did that on all my episodes. And I, that's, and I, so owls and shamans, I was asking the two questions. I never put them together. I, do you know who um, David Weatherly is? He, he wrote the book, The Black Eyed right. Children. Right. Uh -huh. I interviewed David Weatherly and I said, um, like, what's up? I'm having all these owl experiences. Am I frozen? I'm having, I've, I was asked him, I said, I'm having all these owl experiences. And, he, and David Weatherly admitted it afterwards that he's a shaman. And, and I said, you know, what does it mean? And he said, well, it sounds like you're following a shamanic path. And then he, in later, just a few st steps later, he said, it sounds like it's shamanic initiation. So when he said, it sounds like you're following a shamanic path, I was like, oh my God, how stupid can I be? Right? I've been asking, what's up with the mm -hmm. owls? What's a shaman? Those are two pressing questions. And then like I'm had so many owl experiences it was like, it was nuts. It's calmed down greatly, but it was nuts for a few years. I was having just so many. And, and then he said, Oh, this is a shamanic initiation. Now shaman is a funny word too, where like I, I'm, I'm content with like shaman light. Right. So I'm not a shaman, a practicing shaman by any means, but I am providing a service to people by collecting these stories and sharing them publicly. And I recognize that and people get to me back to me and they say, thank you for your hard work because you've made me, you made me not feel so alone. And Absolutely. Said, yeah. So, so what these experiences are, are not, well, let's say they're uncommon, but they are well understood and they're, they're what I would consider a normal part of human being human is to have these kinds of experiences. So not everyone has them, but it's, but it's a, it's, it's well understood in mythology. It's well understood in shamanic studies. It's well understood. Um, people who research death. There's a doctor named Dr. Peter Fenwick. who's English. He's like 95 or something like that. He's, and he's still out there doing interviews and I think he's still practicing, but, um, and he has been studying death and the death process. And he's, totally open about it he's tenured and he can say whatever he wants he's he doesn't care anymore where like a younger clinician might not want to say this stuff but he's like oh yeah people report owls at the time of death and and he's finding exactly what i'm finding as far as these owl stories so there's this there's this aspect to the mystery that is so multi-layered that it's difficult to, to to pick one thread and then and then concentrate on it because it seems like that thread unravels the whole sweater and, and every thread in the sweater is connected to every other thread. And, and every thread is, you know, one thread is death. One thread is psychic abilities. One thread is premonitions. One thread is UFOs. One thread is ancient mysticism. One thread is 
uh, occultism. So, so it's very tough to, to, to give a good one answer for these things because it's so blurry at its core. So the, cause I look at, at a lot of alchemical art and there's really not that many owls in a lot of these, this art, except for a few, right? There is a few here and there. But the idea that the owl becomes sort of the cycle pomp that guides the soul to the next level, it does, because you're saying that these people would see owls before death. Does that, the, so, Okay, keep going. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll comment. Is Mothman related to any of this? Is Mothman, could Mothman be considered like a huge owl? There's, I have an idea. Oh, go on. So, okay, about 10 years ago, my wife said she, she asked about a, how big roadrunners get one day. And I'm like, I don't know, they're like a chicken, you know, they're like maybe two feet max. No. Oh, wow. Okay. I've seen a lot of tiny ones. Keep going. Um, well, we have the greater roadrunners out in uh, Southern Arizona and they can, they can get fairly big. And uh, she's like, oh, wow. Well, what I saw was way bigger than that, but it looked like a, a roadrunner. Cause she's from New Hampshire. She's, she's not sure. And she, I was like, no bigger than that. She's like, what would be like four feet tall? It looked like a roadrunner. I'm like four feet, a, a roadrunner. She's like, I don't know. I'm just saying it came to the back door and it looked at me and it looked, you know, and then it took off. And I'm like a four foot roadrunner. This was a long time ago. I'm like, wow, I, I don't know. Last February, I saw, I was driving to work and I see this thing go booking across uh, the road in front of me, in front of the car in front of me. And it was like a four foot roadrunner, but it was dark. It was really darkly colored. And, that, and I know the guy in front of me saw it too because he hit his brakes but that thing just went in like two steps, like right, right across the the, uh, two lane highway. And um, I'm like, wow, I pull over, call my wife. I'm like, I just saw your four foot roadrunner. I don't know what is happening here, but uh, I, uh, okay. I'm, I'm sold. So I've had this idea that there are portals around here. Southern Arizona, we, I really feel like we've had them in our house, like coming in and out. Um, but we have, and we have the uh, Muggion monster, which is the uh, Bigfoot, which is just east of me here. Um, and there's a town called Portal in so- Southeast Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so so at any rate. The Superstition Mountains, sure, yeah. Superstition so. Mountains, right. So, this idea that they're used, they're in in the fossil record there is a four foot owl the omni omni megaloptrix I think something like that anyway it's like a four foot owl um four to five feet like it it was like you know small man sized and this they found this in Jamaica they called it the Jamaican giant owl or something like that and um, it looks like yeah. Okay. There should be a a thing with it. There you go. Ornamegalonyx. There we are. So, 
that looks about the size of a lot of the descriptions that a lot of you that you've uh, collected mm-hmm. seems like M- my thought is that if we are having you know these things come through i don't see why if i i'm seeing four foot uh road runners there's certainly four feet people are seeing four feet owl somewhere oh people see four foot owls all the time in my reports right that's Very what common. i'm saying and uh, and and I'm I'm saying that those are some sort of um, uh, uh, screen memory, and and be, in the context of the stories that people share. So I here's here's one story. So uh, actually, she's downstairs right now. It's a friend of mine. <laughs> she's she has an experience where she was when she was a girl. She was working at a Girl Scout camp, and she was in the forest, and there was two camps you know, in the woods. And then they, she was, there was like a little trail that went between them and some people were camped over here and some people were camped over there. So she was walking between the camps. And so, so she could hear the girls in the background and it was full daylight. And she, at this point in her life, she had a lot of, Oh, that's the frog mouth owl. I think that's it's called. a frog mouth. Yeah. yeah that's an they're not, they're not actually an owl. They're a night jar. Read, read yeah. this, read this headline though. Was a prehistoric owl cloned by Brazilian scientists. This is Snopes.com. False. Oh, false. Of course. Huh? <laughs> so, wow. okay so the um so she's walking on the path and she was at a point in her life where she knew she had had contact experiences she was well aware of her own contact experiences but they'd always occurred at night full daylight bright sunshine day she's walking between these two camps she turns a corner there's a gray alien standing next to the trail classic skinny mm. gray alien bald head four foot tall big black eyes and and she says the, the chalky white skin was just like reflecting in the sunshine, like a football helmet. And, and it looked at her and she looked at it and they, it kind of locked eyes and she heard this kind of telepathic panic. Like she could feel the emotions of this thing. And this thing was like, Oh, you caught, you found me. And it looks at her and she looks at it and she hears, she hears telepathically the thing go owl, 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 owl. And she watches it morph into a four foot tall owl. And the owl turns around and walks into the woods. And, and then she went back later. This is a weird story. I usually don't tell this part. because So she went back later. And she said the owl just kind of like with a hovercraft, the owl just like went like into the woods. Hmm. And then she went back and followed the, where the owl would have walked. And there was a big ditch there. Like from the trail and the grass, you couldn't see the ditch. So the owl, the, the this four foot tall owl should have like gone down the ditch and back over, but it just like a hovercraft just went right mm-hmm. over. The so like where, what is the psychic, like what's going on with this story? And I have, so, so I have a couple stories like that where people actually see the gray beings and then they see that I have another one where um, this is in my files, but where a woman has a, there's a bright light on the porch. It's weird. It's like a big flash. She goes out on the porch and she's looking around and it's like looking out the street and there's nothing. And then she looks right next to the porch, right next to her. And there's four gray aliens standing right next to her. And then they, they just go, Oh, and they, they turn into deer. And then the deer walk backwards around the corner of the house. So, so there's this screen aspect. Deer walk backwards. Yeah. So spooky details like that. Yeah, so is like the hovercraft thing is a spooky detail too. Yeah. So one of the things uh, that has really freaked me out 
back to the can, and, and is there is there a correlation between the Mothman and the owls? We could, I want to get into that, but before before that, what you're talking about these these weird interactions with animals. Well, because of TikTok, and I haven't been on TikTok in, in months, but because of TikTok, there have been these videos of people's encounters with what seem and i'm calling them skinwalkers but shapeshifters where it's like an animal that is not behaving how an animal would typically behave or an interaction with people or a person that they wouldn't like a very weird interaction where it's very animated very npc like where maybe reality and <laughs> and people get triggered when you call their people npcs but Think about the idea of what I came across. It. It's ninth century Islamic magic. What they call them phantasms, where this guy was talking about how they use talismans to implant things that aren't there in the memory in the minds of people real time. So manipulating people's reality through the use of magic, astral magic, whatever it is. That ex mm -hmm. I believe that existed and still does exist, and I think. How Jay Widener puts it, they've taken this alchemical technology and they've just manifested into, oh, here is this talisman with a certain numerical equation written on it for whatever purpose. And, oh, well, here it is now. It's our phone. Voila, here's your other, here's your modern day talisman. And if you look at like the, the origins of any, any technology, usually, usually the guy who founded that technology was on like a spiritual journey was trying to prove the existence of God was trying to summon the devil was trying to do something metaphysical. And here he kind of manifest this piece of technology, right? So we have that correlation of people's realities being manipulated, but then it's, are they acting independently of a source, you know what I'm saying? Cause like, that's the other aspect of it. Is it some egregore? Is it some topo or thought form sent by somebody else to fuck with you at that one point in time? Or is it these extraterrestrials? Well, what are extraterrestrials, right? Like there, you have all these things mixed up and, and that's what makes it such a dynamic topic because you can incorporate all that stuff into it, right? Demonology, angelology, whatever it is, uh, UFOlogy, whatever, whatever you want into that equation. And so I think of that when, when I hear weird stories of interactions like that with animals and people, I think of TikTok, how they've put all these cameras out there and people are catching these interactions with people that are just off. And I mean, I, I can probably find some videos if I looked hard enough, but yeah, it's just, it's very, very weird. And it's just making me think of that where you see this owl, it's like, well, cloak up and just move away slowly. <laughs> so nobody notices anything. And it, it makes, it makes you think, right? Oh, oh, it's, 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 it's tough. It's a mind bender, right? Cause you get one report and you think you can wrap your mind around it and get a very similar report, but it's got some part that's just different. So yeah, like, I mean. You know, there's a story of, you know, uh, a family driving in a car and they went to a um, sky watch. They were out to look for like UFOs. They sat by a pretty lake. This was in Canada and like looked at the night sky and they all fell asleep. And then they all woke up at the same time and, and they were all felt a little like, oh, I don't feel very good. So all all the, the people, I think it was two girls and then the the mother and the father. And then they're driving 
back on a country road all alone and they turn a corner and then the three people in the car, they turn a corner and three people in the car start screaming. And they, the three people see a gray alien standing on the side of the road and the driver says, what are you screaming for? That's they're like, that's a gray alien on the side of the road. There's an alien on the side of the road. And he said, that wasn't an alien. It's just an owl. So what happened there? You know, did the, did the, <laughs> did the, did the, did they know to like give three people one vision mm -hmm. and give one person a different vision? Yeah. This, this stuff gets very difficult to, to untangle. So I wonder after reading your book this week, I, I was thinking about how I see this because I, I don't, I've never had a gray alien uh, encounter. Although I remember feeling like, like, because I was very led to, you know, uh, go down the UFO thing as even as a young man. And um, so I've heard all of the, you know, for years, especially with Whitley stuff, like early on, he was mentioning owls and stuff. And for a long time, it was like, I had heard, I don't know if it was Whitley or somebody else, but they were almost emphatic that owl, owls are aliens. Like when you, mm. if, when you have a, uh, an encounter with an owl, that's an alien. And I, that's what mainly turned me off to that. I, so people have told the people have said that to me, like your, your research is wrong. <laughs> like, well, I'm only collecting stories. And I like, I feel like I'm, no, that's what I really yeah. appreciate you. Uh, thank God that you're putting these together. Cause I'm like, it was the weirdest thing, you know, somebody writing your life story. I've never met you, but every, so many things, except I don't believe that I've been abducted by aliens and what are aliens anyway? Like, I feel like alien and ET are like missing. There's, there's a separation that I feel is purposeful. That's not reflective of the actual experience. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. ET absolutely. extraterrestrial is a separation. Aliens is a separation. When we uh, interact with those whatever those forces are, those spirits of whatever kind they are, I feel like they're, they're just part of the natural world. It's us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boy, so just what you said, they're part of the natural world. It's us. I'll tell you, there's some people in the re UFO research community that would just like roll their eyes and walk away from you. I know. I know. So <laughs> I'm like right there with you. I'm right there. Like this stuff is, is this self-generated? Wow. You could go, yeah, is it, is it, there's a researcher named, he does synchronicity research. His name is Dr. Kirby Surprise. I just talked about it with yes. my friend this morning. He has a line, which I love. And I use this line all the time. It It's a little bit of a kind of a brain twister, but he says, as far as like synchronicities, and he's all he's well aware of the the UFO and owl connection and such. He says, "We are all just parakeets in the cage, pecking at our pecking at the mirror, not realizing that it's our own reflection." Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. we're like, like, oh my gosh, it's owls! It's like this magical thing! It's this powerful totem! Like somehow, this synchronistic event is generated by us or. I don't, I'm not saying that's true, but I'm saying that like, wow, when you, when you think of it that way, 
and you really have to be at peace with all the mystery to really think about it. like some puzzle pieces click together some don't so i think that's a very fruitful way to think about things again it's it's like all you need is one other story over here to disrupt that house of cards and then you're you're lost again so right yeah what's the wildest story mike that you've published that you haven't published that really just blows your wig back like that is mind-blowing so from all the things that you've received over the years what's the one story that will forever be maybe not your favorite but the most mind-blowing one can you tell us okay so the day i did my very first talk at the ufo conference in southern arizona uh, in uh the there's a conference center just outside of fountain hills which is outside of phoenix i did my very first talk and this guy comes up to me and he says, we, we, let's talk. I have an owl story for you. And I could kind of tell like, Ooh, okay, I got to This is, I'm going to listen to this guy. So we went to the bar and he had a beer and I had a glass of wine and he's, and he's, and I was with another friend too. And she was there and, and he's telling the story and he says, I, so this is going to take a little bit to tell this, but so you asked all, all this, this is like, this has got yeah, layer go upon layer upon layer upon layer. So he's reading a book called the seven feathers. I think that's the right name for it. The seven feathers. And he said, a friend of his gave him this book. And it's a Native American book written by someone in a, I think someone in the Pacific Northwest wrote this book, a, a tribal member. And in the book, it says how to find your totem animal. And it kind of like says in how to find your totem animal. So this one guy is, is um, the guy who gave him the book has a story. He was holding this. He was, he was, he was working in Montana and he was counting trees, right? So there's a thing where you work for the forest service and you go through and you walk through a stretch of wood and you count trees. It's like a summer job for college kids. So, but he had the book with him and he's counting the trees and it's a beautiful day and he's reading the book and he gets to the part where it's how to find your totem animal. And, and he's like, you know, what's a nice day. I'm going to take a nap. So he takes the book, he lays on his back and he sets the book on his heart, open to the page on how to find your totem animal. And he falls asleep. And then he wakes up and there's this wet thing breathing right in his face. Like, <laughs> and, and it stinks and he's, and he just keeps still and he keeps his eyes closed and he hears this thump, 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 thump. Something's walking away and he opens his eyes and there's this huge grizzly bear walking away. He had how to find your totem animal on his heart. So he gives the book, he gives the, the book to this other guy. This is the guy that I was talking with in the bar receives the same book. And he's at, at his house and he's reading the book and he gets to the part where it's how to find your totem animal and knock, knock, knock. There's a knock on the door. And it's this guy he says, Hey, there's this stuff in your garage. I want, I can finally take it back from you. The guy, he had been holding some stuff in his garage and he says, yeah, but can you give me a ride to the next town over? Because I, I got to drop the stuff off at another place. So he puts everything in the van and they drive at night. And then there was another friend in the car too. So they drive at night and he takes the book with him. He figures, well, if I have a chance to read it, I'll read it during this thing. So the book is on the dashboard of the car, open. Well, actually, I think it was, he, he said it was dog-eared. He folded the page on the corner and just set the book on the dashboard of the car. So he's driving. The book is on the dashboard of the car. They're driving along and he he's driving along and the window is open on his driver's side window, right? So he's driving along, beautiful summer night in Montana. And this he sees his owl sort of come to the car and it flies right up along next to him. And there's a car behind him. And he's like, he's like, do I slow down? I don't want the car behind me to hit me. So he's trying to slow down. This owl is flying right next to him. It says it comes right up to the 
close enough, the open window, that it, the, the wings of the owl touches his temple. And the woman behind him is just like totally like that is the most magical thing. He said, he said, I was looking in the rear view or the side view mirror. I could see the owl. We locked eyes in the side view mirror and it touched my temple. He had the book with the page marked how to find your totem animal on the dashboard. So I talked to the guy for a while and he says, you know, I, I had a, um, I had a, I had, I was losing my vision in my eye. And I, and I was a boy and I had to, um, I had to get an operation and they thought it was cancer. And it turns out to be that when they did the, they did the, the operation, it was an undeveloped embryo in my brain. And he said, you know, I always thought I had a twin sister and I would talk to her. I would talk to my twin sister. I always knew I had a twin sister and I would talk to my twin sister and my twist twin sister helped me. The psychic voice would help me in times of trouble. And I'm convinced that was my twin sister. She had, she, I had subsumed her in the womb somehow and that, and that there was a little undeveloped embryo in my brain. And, and as I grew and as it, and it was disrupting his eye. And so they, they removed it. And he said, I still have psychic abilities and I feel that's my sister. And he pointed to the scar. He said, see the scar here? That's where they removed the undeveloped embryo. And he said, that's right where the owl touched me. Right at that spot. And he's convinced his, his sister is, a, for all kinds of reasons, which he explained to me, it goes on and on, but he is convinced his sister is a psychopomp. She is living, she's not quite dead, but she's, she was never quite born. And she's living in this other realm as a psychopomp. And that would be taking people from like people who have passed and escorting them to what we would call heaven or to the other world. That is the totem of the owl. So this is, that story goes on. There's more details to that. And Whoa. they are just as rich and just as strange. That... So you asked what my favorite story is, hands down. Like that one. I'm like never going to find one. That the dude had a homun- almost a homunculus on his freaking eyeball somewhere like on the side of his But face. it's his sister. He felt love for it. It was his own sister. He felt he was in psychic communication with it. He's a wonderful, articulate, sweet guy. He was farther down the trail than I was in, in this research. Like he kind of took me under his, like, I'm going to say he took me under his wing. That's a loaded term. But he was very good to me at a very challenging chapter. Was he indigenous? Life. Was he a Native nope. American? No. Just wow. I remember I I'm glad you brought that up because I had a I I thought about that specific story and the the tragedy of losing somebody that mm-hmm. no one else knows mm-hmm. yeah no one else knows yeah. no so and having to mourn his sister after that and the the tragedy of that not even knowing that that's what that was did he keep it do you know I have no idea. That was I. Have, I doubt that they did, but mm. I mean, they might have biopsied or something like that. I really don't know. So, because wow, yeah, that's that's pretty wild. It reminds me of the Stanley Kubrick film where, where the the boy has a little man in his finger and he talks oh, to his yeah, finger. To, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that that yeah, that is pretty. That's a pretty crazy story. <laughs> the fact that the dude had a freaking embryo. That yeah, I'd never heard that before. You hear well, about... that's not that's that's that happens in operations sometimes where they'll find a little undeveloped embryo, but usually not in your head. Yeah, so Interesting. Now, I do have a a question. 
Um, you mentioned it just once in Messengers, real quick, but that you have a lot of stories of people who have claimed to have implants. And one of them had uh, relayed that she thought that was from a MyLabs incident. Is mm-hmm. that or correct? Well, I've talked to a lot of people. I can't remember the exact line in the story, but there's the, there's plenty of people I've talked to, and some say it's from from totally terrestrial people, like secret government mm-hmm. people, break you know, come into the house and drug you and stick mm-hmm. us some sort of uh, implant in. And other people say like, no, it's alien technology. So this is. Yeah, so I've heard both. I've heard people to say both things. Yeah, is there Sorry. a correlation between? Have you noticed? And I don't know if you have the information or not. A, a correlation between people's maybe RH negative or RH positive, whatever it is, and these experiences, because I feel like, and again, I don't know if this is my Christian upbringing, but. There's a lot of people who have a lot of paranormal experiences like every other day. And the mm-hmm. people who want to have them never have any. So I'm thinking, is it obviously if you're open to these ideas, if you're open to it, you're able to manifest it or call it. There's been I, I know I saw this this news story where the guy they were making fun. They were kind of sort of making fun of him. And he's like standing in front of the beach. And he does like this prayer, like, hey, please show yourself da, 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 in front of the camera. And boom, a UFO shows up like way in the in the distance. And they're like, oh, there they are. There they are. And you see like the UFO just moving around. So it's is it something like people have unlocked some Kundalini or something? Or is it genetics? How do you, uh, do you see a correlation there, Mike? Oh, well, so there's certainly like people who like I rarely. Well, I saw I run into people who I rarely talk to anyone who said I had one UFO sighting very rare people and that's when the problem where the thought you turn the clock back when people were first starting to do ufo research and it was all these kind of military types and things that and people say well yeah i've seen ufos a bunch of times and then the, the person doing the research says well that's statistically that's impossible so they throw them out they say i'm not going to believe that person they throw the reports out but that's what happens people are showing so is it kundalini energy is this some sort of sort of you know are you projecting something out or is the is are you somehow connected on some sort of soul level? Yeah, all these questions are open. Um, as far as the RH negative, there's a guy named Ray Hernandez who did a huge report with statistical analysis. This is 800 page book, and uh, where they really they interviewed thousands of people who claimed the UFO contact experience, abduction basically, and they they asked him all kinds of questions. Did a very thorough. Uh, w- big spectrum uh, analysis and crunched the numbers. So they have statistical numbers on all these questions. One of the questions is your blood type. Are you RH negative? So what they found is 15% of the population of the earth is RH negative. That's well understood. That's really, you know, it's all, it's, there's a lot of data on how many people are each blood type. And, and then when they, they crunched the numbers, 15% of the people who claimed UFO contact have had RH negative blood, but there's, there's, so that, that the, there's this very tough. Cause I, I'm just going off of what I've read. So, so I, I trust Ray Hernandez's research. He says, Nope, it matches the statistics of people. There's no statistical anomaly in the, in the data. And the, and other people say the opposite, that there's a, there's a high problem that people 
who are RH negative, well, people who are UFO have had UFO contact are disproportionately RH negative, like 60, 75%. That data is out there too. It's online. Mm-hmm. That is data is really tough to check. Ray Hernandez's data is very easy to check because all these, uh, he had the retired statisticians from Harvard, you know, doing, doing the work. So um, there's also a book by um, um, Nick Redfern called Bloodline of the Gods on the RH negative. So they think the RH negative, wow, I got to be careful. I think it came from Cro-Magnon. I might be wrong, but it came from, from one of the, essentially one of the cavemen, one of the early proto humans yeah. had RH negative blood. And I don't know how they figured that out, but they say that's a, that's, that's a remnant leftover in our biology, our human biology that, that traces right back to the Cro-Magnon. And I, and I might have that wrong. So, so, so I'm, I'm, I, but that's pretty close. And the Mothman and Owls connection. Have, do you have anything on that with like cryptids I wish and? There's there's a there's a a Mothman type event that took place in England in the early seventies or at the mid seventies, I think nineteen seventy six, and it was called the Owlman, and it and it plays out very mm-hmm. similar to the Mothman. One of the things that was associated with the Mothman was a really profound sense of dread seeing the Mothman, and that plays out in the events in the seventies in England in corn in Cornwall, which is uh, like a County in Southern England. And um, it all focused around this church. And there was also UFO sightings around the church, which matches the Mothman thing, but there's no, but the, it essentially looked like a man with wings, which is what um, Mothman looked like in what the owl man looked like. They kind of, so I, I, I there's, I, I can't find any direct correlation between Mothman and owls. There was, people would say, oh, there was, people are misidentifying it as an owl. And then, then they actually, that was like what the newspapers were saying and what, and such. And then they, you would talk to the witnesses and they'd like, no way, I'm not misidentifying this for an owl, no way. And there was a report of a, of a big owl that was found dead in a farmer's field. And they brought some witnesses out to look at the dead owl. And they said, could this have been what you saw? And they were like, uh-uh, no way, absolutely not. It was, that's a dead owl. I, I, it, what I saw was not a dead owl. So yeah, no correlation that I could find. And I, I really looked, I really scrubbed the material as best I could to try to find some connection. Interesting. Yeah. Cause you, you hear what you were mentioning earlier and I know there's a couple quotes in your book about the indigenous beliefs of when the, with the owls and death and how things like when the owl crows, uh, some I forgot what the, cause like something, Oh, when the owl cries, the Indian dies. Yeah, something like yeah, it was like yeah, yeah, something like that. And you had a whole bunch of the, the symbolism of the owl to the indigenous people and how it was sometimes a bad a bad thing, not a good thing. Oh, oh, in in the southwest, in the you know, in the tribes of the southwest, in the Pueblo tribes like the Zuni and the and the Navajo and the and the um, uh, oh, what's the Pueblo builders? Um, the Hopi. The Hopi, yes, the very sinister lore around and i if i i talked to a navajo guy and he said i've been trying to to figure this out and i can't but but this is a guy from the navajo tribe said in his language the word sinister is the same word as owl wow so Mm -hmm. um very dark lore connected with the owl and but other tribes it's not so much in the northeast Mm -hmm. it's it's certainly seen as a as a um as a as a dark messenger but it's more like the, the 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 owl itself is only the messenger that, that's mm-hmm. separate from the message. 
I was I shared this earlier with <clears throat> with Juan I think before when we talked, but uh, you know the Hopi, <clears throat> the Mangua, the Kachina, that's the great horned owl, Kachina. Mm-hmm. They're in that story. He's the one that comes down and and sobers up the drunken clowns. <clears throat> so that like wasn't lost on me when I had come come uh, back from getting getting sober that the owls helped me get clean. So here, so here, let's, I'll ask you some questions. This is the, the questions I ask. So, so I'm blended. I don't care. Like owl, UFO, synchronicity. I treat them. I weight them all the same. One is not more important than the other. One is not, I don't weight any of them differently. So your experience with the owls, what was going on in your life before the event? I was struggling with the, uh, <laughs> oh, well, I was kicking addiction, but it was addiction because of a, a trauma that I'd had <clears throat> related to my military contracting jobs. Okay. Okay. What happened after the events with the owls? I got clean. Okay. I lost 95 pounds. Um, I was diagnosed with a brain a pituitary adenoma brain tumor in 2014 <clears throat> from 2014 to 2018 i was a mess of prescription drugs and and opiates and and i was trying to drink myself to death and i was and all of a sudden i became suicidal and finally i asked for help i had to go into the uh um, into a behavioral health center, you know, they have to uh, stabilize you after that week. You froze up a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. I, <clears throat> I went to a, a mental hospital for a week, um, stabilized, got out and went immediately to rehab. Right after that, I got home and, you know, if anybody's ever had to do the 12 steps or, or hit that rock bottom. You know, you start from scratch, you reevaluate, you have to reevaluate everything. And it was the most freeing thing I think I'd ever done was stopping at that tree and committing myself to that meditation. And it changed everything. I was back in my body again. I didn't realize that my trauma had separated me so much that I was disassociating as just unconsciously. I wasn't actually living life until before that. And I remember the moment, and I realized this last night with a conversation with our friend Cheney, that I was driving up Sorita Road the moment that I felt like all the feelings, like I, I had to commit, you know, you come back and you feel your feelings, you be in your body, you live in the moment, you know, that kind of thing. And I remember feeling my soul actually come back, like mm. literally come back into my body. And I realized that last night that that road is the exact same road that comes behind my house here where we saw those UFOs where the owls showed us right there. 
Wow. Okay, so so this is the this is what I'm finding that there are these heavy, powerful human experiences. So if 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 you had a similar experience like this, you know, a thousand years ago in North Dakota, and you worked with your shaman in the tribe to overcome, let's say, trauma and addiction or whatever it might be. And then it was associated with the owl. Everyone in the tribe would understand that association and the, and the symbolism of that event. And so the questions I ask of people are, what was going on in your life before the event? What was going, what happened after and what changed? Now here's another, so do you have any psychic abilities? You're, you're muted, Gordy. Sorry. Yeah, I do now. It's okay. coming fast. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is, this is, this is normal. This is yours. So what I, I knew, I could basically, I knew the, the answers you were going to give me beforehand. So yeah, what sure you, you shared is what I am finding in this research. Yeah. I would have never thought that? I was, I, I would have never thought I was the guy that has a medicine bag and is working on magic wands for his daughter. This mm-hmm. would have never been me five years ago. My, oh my God. I'm like me. I, I like, I and can't believe. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, let me see if I can show what's, I don't know if you can see that. Oh yeah. Yeah. The little, I can see the yeah. ears and the little yeah. owl. Did you carve that or was that? Oh, thing? it's dope. I see it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So they kind of came out of the knots in mm-hmm. this, in this wood of this is from the owl tree that, mm-hmm. uh, Peter and Gwen live. Oh, that's from the tree. <clears throat> yes. From the acacia. Wow, okay. Where they live. An acacia yeah. tree on top of that. <laughs> uh-huh. It's high in DMT. Allegedly. Yeah. Right? Which, uh, yeah. Supposedly that. Oh, was the, the burning bush. Has, yeah. Has amount of DMT. And I have had what are clearly, uh, psychedelic experiences meditating under that tree what are those little balls that you have the little are are those from that area too does that have anything to do with yeah i found yeah i found um these steel steel balls from from real small to to about that size which i thought were moki marbles for the longest time you know they they're paired and you have a they have a magnetic polarity to them these do have a molat uh magnetic polarity and I find them all over that area, right, right around that tree. And I found them because I, I just was walking around there. They're just in there. And I started picking them up. And I'm like, wow, that's weird. They're magnetic and, they, and they're metal. So I asked our friend Ben Balderson. And he's like, oh, yeah, those are Moki marbles. They're, you, know, you get a male and a female. So I started finding them in male and female. Like, like one is smooth and one is hard. And those two would have like a, a, a vibration to them when you hold them together. So I'm like, wow. And then I started finding them all over the place. And I started giving them away. The more I give them away, the more I find. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they were calling out to me. Like, I, we're over here. I'm, and I'm finding like big ones like this. Well, as I start sharing them, some of the people are like, you know, you think, do you think those, that's ammo? And I look up cavalry uh, grape shot. It looks just like cavalry ammo. So come to find out, this building <clears throat> where I work 
used to be an assay center, uh, an assay office. Like they, they'd melt down like, or they do ore testing and stuff like that for the mines around here. Like this is many, 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 many years ago, but it was still kind of there when our building went in. Um, but as I've gone around the desert, I find all these, all these uh, ruined uh, buildings and there's like just bunches of bricks. It's not really ruins. It's just, you know, debris really. So <clears throat> come to find out that that area near where I work was the, the unloading area for the cavalry during the 1870s. And they spent their whole, the next 30, 40 years clearing out this whole area of Indians from that spot. And there's just ammo all over the place. That can't but be good for the, the energy in that area. <laughs> here, yeah. It's been rolling around in that wash. And here's the interesting thing about that wash too, is during the monsoons, it'll run one way during the beginning of the monsoons. And then it runs the other way at the end of the monsoons. So I feel like it's been building this kind of orgone energy in, in that wash and building up their magnetic strength because it's clearly there. I have put these into uh, hands of strangers and they, I don't even tell them what to feel, just put them in their hands. And they're like, wow, you know, and it happens every single time that they react like that. So it's not just that it was just ammo and it's not just that it's, I, I don't know. I don't know, but it was, it's this weird, I'm having weird experiences like that all the time now. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's hard to even articulate, but thank God that you've put these together so that people like us aren't alone. Like we, I know I've always been known, known I've been weird, you know, <laughs> not kind of fit in, but to find out that people have those kind of experiences too, that, uh, you know, it's, it's good. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a comfort and I appreciate that. So thanks, Mike. I appreciate you doing that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yes, very much. So, so I know, and, and I've been very open about it in my books and in my, when I did the podcast and my writings and stuff like that. So I've got no problems talking about this stuff, but I, um, so earlier I said I had that experience where I saw the five beings out the window. Yeah. And so at that point in my life, that was either January or February of 1993, in December of 1992, which was a month before, right around Christmas time, right around the solstice, I was slowly in that fall and that year before I was slowly succumbing to clinical depression. I did not know it. I was 30 years old at the time. I had no idea what was going on. I was little by little just becoming crippled by clinical depression. And it culminated right around the, the solstice where I, I would just say I had a nervous breakdown. I just completely stopped functioning. So uh, I have all, I, I've actually, some doctors have said like, Oh, they, some of your issues are PTSD from that event. Mm-hmm. Like, so basically the trauma of, of that descent into severe clinical depression. And, and I was like, I was suicidal and there's, I could talk about it. It doesn't, but it was, it was, 
the people who knew me at that point were like, it was bad. And um, the beings, so that, that event with the gray aliens showing up was right when I started to, I started to work with a psychiatrist and, and I went on a medication, which they don't use anymore. It was, wasn't very effective, but I started on a medication. It, it didn't work very well, but it was, and that would have been in January or February. So that like a, over a month later. And that's when I had the experience of seeing those beings out the window. And I have speculated cautiously that they arrived at that point to save me. Like it just times, it's just too clean on the timeline of my life. Mm-hmm. And I went through a hypnosis hypnosis session in 2014. It was actually a past life hypnotherapy to, to come to terms with depression. So I went through a past life hypnotherapy session, but in there, they, the, the woman, her name is Lorraine Flaherty asked me some questions about like, you know, it was uh, like the UFO stuff in my life. And she said, what about that event in, in, when you saw the beings out the window, why are they here? In under hypnosis, I said, to, why are, she said, why are they here? And I said, to save me. And then she said, to save you from what? And I said, and she said, suicide. And then she asked, you know, what do you need to believe in to like, you know, to make this happen? And I said, myself. So that, I'm not saying that that's, I'm not saying that that's true. It's true that that's, I was, that's what I said, but I you know, like, I, like I, like I'm very, I don't want to say I'm analytical, but I, but I, I don't want to get locked into anything. So maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's not, but I, like, I don't want to say aliens save, made me, you know, <laughs> save my, that it's like, it doesn't work. Like I just, I, it it's not in me to say that, but I can say, wow, it is very curious that the timeline of my life, that's when that one event happened. And that was, that would have been, so the questions asked, what was happening before the event? What's happening after the event? Before the event, I was like struggling with severe clinical depression and suicidal thoughts, like bad. After the event, I slowly started to get my life back together, partially through medication. So, and that's like, I can't, that's true. I can say that for sure. Like those, that's what happened before the event and after the event. And you feel like medication actually helped you? Well, that met, one first medication didn't work very well, but I later went on Prozac and yeah, Prozac was great. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Wow. See, I, I couldn't get, get any relief until I got every, everything off of everything. When I got back from rehab, I checked my Walgreens, you know how you can, from your, your phone, you used to be able to, to go through your, your menu and see mm-hmm. how many open prescriptions you have. I had 22. Oh, okay. <laughs> so my doctors were pumping me full of, cause I had a team, you know, there were, you had your, mm-hmm. your neurologist, I was having seizures. So I had a neurologist, I had a endocrinologist because it was in the pituitary. I had, um, my regular, regular doctor. I had a pain specialist because I had neck problems, which they said I had a, a, a broken neck after uh some x-rays and i was like no i never broke my neck they're like yeah you did (laughs) it turned out right right in that spot there is it is magnetic oh wow and also in that in the uh where a pituitary adenoma is 
and I've had tons of MRIs, so it's in my medical record, but it's, it's right in this spot that I had found patents that the company that I worked for actually created. They are associated in Google patents. You can find them um, that they have implants for right at the base of the neck in the pituitary in your under, uh, is it, I think under your armpit and in your sternum. Huh. And I had two out of the four. Interesting. But, so here's the thing is I, after coming back and really doing the, the healing meditations under that, under that tree. And, um, I completely changed my diet. I, here's the, the other thing that really made a huge difference was fasting. I fasted and meditated under that tree. And that's when I had that, the real transformative experience. Wow. Um, but I mean, that's like you, I saw the whole, it was one of those things where you see the whole universe in a fractal, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I've never, I had never done psychedelics up until the, I hadn't done psychedelics until like two weeks ago. So I'd never, I was, you know, completely sober, completely clean and having, you know, these experiences where the plants are talking to me and I'm seeing like whole, whole dog. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, also, you know, uh, wildlife reacts to me really I mean, it's all attracted to me. I was on the spiders one night and this uh, uh, giant mantis just came and hung out with me and just wanted to sit with me and be with us like while we were streaming and having a conversation and just wanted to hang, wouldn't leave. I tried to get it, get it away. But this is not during a show. Mm -hmm. It was during a show. I have, I also have a, (laughs) on a show where I was using those, those, uh, those balls and as I was meditating with those, those uh, balls that I'd been finding, the ammo balls, I was meditating with them. And as I was kind of letting it kind of douse, I was using it kind of as a dowsing kind of thing. And I do it and, and it's, it's on video. The, it's on the, the spider's channel somewhere. But as I'm doing it, I click them together and lightning erupts right right behind my my head it's oh, oh like out a window behind me i was i was doing it out on my porch and it was during monsoon so there was there would have been but still you know lightning anyway but it was right at that moment and uh even a listener you know uh she was sweet enough to to draw it out like she did a cartoon of it and it's it's been kind of cool to to have this platform where people can actually see what's going on to share the owls with these people, with people just yesterday, one on my, on my uh, Instagram, it wasn't, I didn't take the, the uh, footage, but it was here. There was a guy or somebody was just driving by and there's a coyote sitting right on top of somebody's hood of somebody's car, just chilling. The most zony thing I've ever seen. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about that, how in in Navajo, the, the uh, coyote and the trickster, mm-hmm. they always show up in teaching moments and in uh, healing ceremonies and stuff. And they, so I, was, I figured that dude was trying to get somebody's attention. 
<laughs> he wasn't moving, man. He was just planted. Mike, are but, you? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish, Gordon. I was just saying, saying the the natural world is is uh, responding. Mm-hmm. We're getting jaguars back in the into the Santa Rita Mountains right behind my house. We've we've gotten um, triops awakening from the desert. Are you aware of what triops are, Mike? They're little three eyed um, horseshoe crab looking things that are coming back because the monsoons have been so strong since I don't think it's actually stopped raining here since uh, like 4th of July weekend. It, we've gotten so much rain that, that we've got fireflies back. I've never seen them in Tucson ever, but they're the Jaguars are being caught on the game cam again, just South of my house. Whoa. So they're coming up. I'm going to pull, you want me to pull this up, Mike? You're, you're muted. Yeah, um, I just sent you a link. This is to my blog. This is an image. If you can, I don't know if you can pull it up. Yeah. So so the room, so I'm, I, I have a bunch of stuff happened in my yeah. life. And so just double click on that image right there. There you go. Can you? Wow. So that's my bedroom door. That's the door that's right behind me here. So just, so one, one image is, is, is um I, I highlighted it using Photoshop, obviously the image on the on the right there. Um and then on the left, that's the door. But I mean y- you stand in front of this door, you cannot not see that there are two gray aliens mm. and then there there's two owls hovering above, like ghostly images of these owls. Like like y- even if you I mean you can see it in the one image. You don't have to it's right there. And and that's like on my door in my room when I showed up at this place, like how, how, so I'm going to share one little thing here. So I went through a hypnosis session in, in, um, uh, 2018. And this, I boy, to tell the story correctly goes on and on and on. It's wild. But at, when I, it was with um, Yvonne Smith and at the beginning of the session, I told her, um, Hey, when I'm under, when I'm in this hypnotic state, um, can you, can you ask me what's up with the owls? She goes, sure. So I go through this hypnosis. It goes on and on and on. I like swear I'm screaming and I'm crying and stuff like lots of really emotional stuff comes up. And at the end of this whole thing, we're kind of winding it down. And she goes, and Mike, what is your connection to owls? Now this is at a point in my life when I've already like for a decade, I've been essentially doing full-time owl research. And she goes, what is your connection to owls? And I say, the owls are, so this is, so this is, this afterwards I asked, did I channel that? Hmm. So she asked me, what is your connection to owls? And I say it in a different voice. I have it recorded, mm. not a different voice, but it, the cadence of my voice was different than it had been through the hypnosis session. And I don't know where this came from. I said, the owls aren't important. The owls are a symbol on a door. It is the door that is important. Hmm. We are on this. So the owls are a symbol on a door, but the owls are not important. It is the door that is important. We are on this side of the door in a claustrophobic little hallway. And on the other side of the door is an infinite vastness. And after I said it, I was just like, 
where did that come from? Wow. And, and that allowed me, that gave me permission to like, as I said earlier, like I don't need to cling to the owl thing. The owl is a wonderful symbol for these powerful, challenging, magical, mystical, sometimes dark, sometimes very troubling, sometimes wildly life-affirming. So the owl is a wonderful symbol for that other realm, for that deeper realm, for that, like basically having done all this owl research for now 15 years or so, I'm at a place where where it has proven to me, whether I can prove it to you, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you guys are already on board that there is a alternate reality, a deeper reality that is running parallel to us that interacts with us in these mystical ways. And that, and it gives me hope. Other people in this research have a very dark view of things. I did not expect this owl stuff to sort of upon, you know, digging into story after story after story and trying to see the bigger patterns as well as my own personal experiences. I did not expect to find what amounted to a, a heartening overall mood or flavor to the, to these stories. But that is what I'm finding. I feel like the powerful, mystical, rewarding experiences are far outnumbering the dark, frightening, scary experiences. Oh, the people are having those. And, and I'm, my heart goes out to them, but the majority of the stories I've accumulated and that people have come with to me and shared have been very life affirming and very powerful. And I'm so grateful for that. So, and that mimics the, the little quote that I plucked out of the ether at the end of that hypnosis session. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you had any concluding thoughts and I think that's really beautiful. Are you working on anything else, Mike? Uh, what's your next project? What's the I'm, future look like? I'm very close to being done with a fiction book, which has been, <laughs> been the hardest thing I've done. It has been so like, like I, it's fine. I'm finally at the point. In fact, today I just sent a note to a friend and said like, this thing is finally real. This book, like I find, like I, I'm pretty close to being done with it. I don't know what that means. A few months, six months, but it has been an unending long, long process. I write very slow and the, the few people who have read it have been very, very supportive. So I'm, I'm, I'm eager to get this out. Is it classified? Can you share anything at all? Like, Oh, oh, it's got owls. It's basically a paranormal thriller. It's got owls and UFOs and, and emotional struggles. And, and it's got a kind of a secret government subplot and it's got a love story. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, I, you know what? It was originally going to be a comic book. (laughs) I I did it. I wanted to do it as a comic book and, and you can find some pages on them. I cite, I, um, uh, and I wanted to do it as a graphic novel. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, I, so you yeah, can, you can get my comic book on the one on one podcast.com uh, through paranoid American. So, okay. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. When you said comic book earlier, I was like, Ooh, yeah. So what happened was I was, I wanted to do it as a comic book and I realized like, Ooh, I didn't have the energy to do it. Like, I, I Oh, cause was, you're an illustrator. I forgot about that. You do, oh, yeah. you do have really, you do really good drawings, by the way. I really like your art. So I forgot about that. Now it's clicking in my mind. Like, 
what are you talking? Just hire an artist. You are the artist. So yeah, I can see. <laughs> I wasn't going to have, it was going to be my book. So, <laughs> and I tried to do it and I did a bunch of pages and I realized like, oh my God, it's so slow. And then as soon as I did the pages, I was like, oh, all the plots changed a little bit in my head. Now I know how I want to change it. And I was like, I was like, I was going to make myself crazy if I did it as a comic book. So I, so I put it on a shelf for almost 10 years and I found a, I found the treatment I wrote for it probably a little less by eight years. I found the treatment that I wrote for it. I forgot all about it. And I read this treatment. And I was like, you know, this is pretty good. I should do this. I'm going to write this. And I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. And I struggled and struggled and struggled. And it's only in the last little bit where it's feels like a real book. Awesome. I'll keep an eye out for that. Maybe we'll have you back on to talk about that. And he just, this was, this has been a great conversation like i like i say yes to everyone who asked me to do a talk and come on their podcast and i'm like great and i actually asked you it just seemed like it was too perfect when we (laughs) when we had that little exchange and um and this has been great like this this like both of your experiences my experiences are like just they they tell this deeper story that that Mm -hmm. that like that that they are not talking about on, mm-hmm. when they talk about the disclosure movement and 60 minutes and and louis elizondo is not talking about the stuff we talked about tonight and that is criminal to me yeah. this is I'm, where the meat is in this story by design i think yeah i think, I think so too that is a distraction that that bugs me because you're like crazy. a different person gordy right you're like if, if, if i'm you, a different person yeah it, it change it actually changes people like this right. it's an alchemical transformation of the person so that's the last thing that they want. They're like, wait, we don't want people to know that these things are tran- literally transforming people and completely changing them and maybe even restructuring their DNA because that's also another aspect of it as well because uh, you're having tr- uh, spiritual transformations, physical transformations, mental transformations. Like you're saying the shamanic initiation. Oh, psychic abilities. Yeah, exactly. Very common. Yeah. Like, so here, let me just... So, so I... like. Anyone anywhere in the world who has a UFO and owl experience, all I got to do is Google UFOs and owls. They're like, oh, I had this experience with a UFO and an owl. I don't know what it means. They, it's 2023 now. And so they just Google me and they find me in like five seconds and they send me an email. And, and, and they're, I've got thousands of them and they're, every one of them is remarkable. But so when I talk to the people and I get some, some people I engage in and talk with and not everyone. And I, and I wish I could, and it's just, I'm overwhelmed, but the people I talk with, I ask the same set of questions. And one question I ask is I just, you know, when I just uh, like, you know, you both know what Reiki therapy is and mm-hmm. Reiki healing is right. So, mm-hmm. so I ask like, hey, what are you doing for work? And, and they say, oh, I'm a Reiki healer. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I do some Reiki. So I, the people I talk with, and interact with that have had UFO and owl experiences. I would, and I'm talking, and this is like, this is a pool of, let's say a thousand people or more that I've had this. And I'm really cautious to say this, but I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. I would say that 50% of the people with UFO and owl experiences are Reiki healers. I'll tell you 50% of the population. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me at all. Oh man. I'm like, you know, like I, I didn't even have to ask. So, so 50, so 50% of the overall population is not Reiki healers, right? Like that RH negative thing. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that's nothing compared to like being a Reiki healer. Mm-hmm. So that's like, what does that mean? Like what, what's, you know, I, I cautiously speculate and I'm going to be use cartoon imagery here. Cause it's just, I'm like, this is like, 
something on a South Park or something, the way I'm seeing it in my mind, I'm seeing the little, the UFO pilots like looking down at Earthland. They're like, these people are screwed up, you know? Like, let's give them, they need something. And they have little, what do they need more of? And they like, they need more Reiki healers. Let's, let's <laughs> zap them somehow and, and turn them into Reiki healers. And so that's, I, I don't think that's exactly how it's working, but that's how I frame it in my mind. But mm. like, wow, is that, is that a strange bit mm. of data that has emerged from this? Mm-hmm. Gordy, you want to leave? You have any concluding thoughts, man? On this, I had a lot of fun. This was fun. Yeah, this I, was great. This is That's great. This was fantastic. Thank you for doing this, Mike and Juan. Thank you so much for putting yeah, this together. Yeah. I really appreciate. This. Thanks for thanks for thinking I was Seshery. <laughs> yeah, that was really embarrassing. Actually, I was like, "What?" It was great. I loved it. So don't feel embarrassed at all. So. Hopefully, I'll have him on soon. We'll see. I uh, I do want to like the the thing I kept thinking of. Uh, in the last day that I've been kind of mulling over everything is, you know, we, I am so thankful to hear you say, you know, it's us like, cause that the whole idea of them putting, uh, putting thoughts into our minds that it, that they're giant owls or whatever it's, it's externalizing us. I feel like if we see those experiences as us, as part of the one, as part of nature, you're seeing a much wholer picture than just saying aliens. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I feel like that the whole, I mean, cause I kind of see almost everything as a psyop after, after the last two years. And so I, I'm very suspicious of who gets promoted and what ideas are, are in the, uh, the zeitgeist and, and what the common, what the common understanding of anything is, I'm going to naturally, I mean, my rebel in me is already going to say, fuck no, but my inner, uh, seeker is going to say why. And I think we've, we've been doing this this whole time. I don't know that we're ever going to get any answers, but the only thing I can think of is, you know, why, why us, but it's to, to tell the story, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think, I think we, I think we, we take in a story. I'll, I'll go one step further. We take in a myth. Like we, we are planting the seeds for a modern myth, these experiences, yes. right? So, so like let's what's already the modern myth is already in place. You put the pictures of the owls up on Instagram and people say, oh, that's the alien. They're not, they didn't read my book. That's, that's, it's part of our zeitgeist now. Yeah. So, so people take in stories differently as a myth, right? So, mm-hmm. so when you hear a myth, it's, there's a surface story. It's speaking to our primal nature. It goes back exactly. to our ancestors. Yeah, that's why everybody yes. loves a good story because it goes back to our ancestors, or the oral tradition of mythology and religion and these experiences. They're sitting around the campfire back then, connecting with the stars, connecting with the owls, and it that's passed down genetically. And that's why a lot of these, the most popular podcasts are storytelling po- experiences about people's experiences. And Mike, you should start a podcast specifically on people with owl experiences. And I promise you it'd blow up. Like just straight up, just have people call in and tell their experiences and just do that. And I promise you it would be huge. Ooh, I've got, I've got, I've got, a th- I've, if I've, I've 
talked about this. I mean, if I just read the files that I have, oh my God, it's mind-blowing. There you go. Yeah. Everybody loves a good story. And if you can narrate it, add sounds and all this stuff to it, maybe even animate it or something, I mean, I think it'd be... I think it'd be huge because that the one that with embryo that blew my that blew my mind. <laughs> That's crazy, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I'm sorry that it's uh, talking to our primal nature, which is passed down genetic fears are passed down genetically, mm-hmm. beliefs are passed down genetically, and yeah, I think that's why it's so so it resonates so much with us. Exactly, and that yeah. So, like, we need stories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and Mike. Where can people find you? Where can they find your book? I see here that you have the, all your books are audiobooks read by you, which is great because I hate One of them isn't. Uh, that, the longest one is the one that's like the 400 page book. I didn't have it in me to read a 400 page book. <laughs> this <laughs> so, is some of your so art, I, right? I heard a guy to read that one. Pardon? This is some of your art here? There's a, that goes the links to my, my portfolio page. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Okay. I, I did, I did these cartoon books. Oh, these are oh, That's, that's my book covers that I did. Yeah. And you can see I did some cartoony stuff too. So these are great, dude. Oh, that's you're, great. You're awesome, man. Yeah. So I just got an iPad and it just sort of totally changed the way I draw. So whoa. Yeah, I wish I could draw. I would draw some crazy stuff. Unfortunately. Oh, I can't. and this is this is my bread and butter, these kind of cartoony instructional things. It was that's how I made my living for thirty the years. Skull. I love the owl. Oh, there's skull. a little UFO book on the floor back in that one. For that one, if you want to look at it there. So look on the floor. There's a UFO book on the floor there. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So uh, where awesome. people can find your website, myclellan.com and all your and stuff. And then is from on that here. website, you can find you can find the blog, and you can find the podcasts, and you can find the yeah, you can find a link to me, contact Mike, and you can send me your stories right through that site. Yeah, mikeclellan.com. If you can't remember that, just type in UFOs, owls, and I'm the first thing that comes up. And I don't even know where it was that I found. I think it was on the Hidden Experience website. And I think that's where I had messaged you from. Because Yeah, there's a contact link there also. Yeah, so this is great, man. I really enjoyed this. Gordy, can you plug your Sorry. stuff so people go? You're, you're good. So my brother has a dog named Gordy. How's that? For- <laughs> How funny. <laughs> so when he said the dog barked and you said, hey, Gordy. You know? so that's my, brother. Yeah, my brother's voice came out of... It's better than mouth. the pig. Yeah. I got that for a little while. That was... Um, so my uh, Instagram is uh, Gordy underscore two underscore shoes. And you'll find all my owls there. Um, I'm on Weaving Spiders Welcome, which Mike, there's another synchronicity right there. I'm on Weaving Spiders Welcome, which is the antithesis of, of weave, Weaving Spiders Come Not Here, mm-hmm. which is the, the, the seal on Bohemian Group. Yeah, with the owl. With the owl. So, yep. um, and I, I just thought it was clever yeah. when, I, when I started it with the, I didn't come up with it. The other guy did. Um, but I'm on that on Saturday nights. And um, hey, if I share the, all my owl stuff and I, I share a lot of um, uh, walk, when I'm walking in the desert, I try to record on Telegram. Often you'll, if I can hear the, can I get a recording of the owls? I will, and I'll share that in the uh, my Telegram group, which is uh, Mystic Inheritance Conspiratorium. And you, I know it probably should be shortened, but I like the conspiratorium. <laughs> it sounds cool. So I'll post the the links in the description. Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Gordy, I would. I don't think I could have picked anybody else to do this with because I mean, thank as you, soon man. as I saw this, I was like, hey, let me see if he wants to do it. And make sure to follow me on social media at the 101 Podcast, YouTube, TikTok, 
Twitter, everywhere. Patreon.com slash the101podcast. Rockfin.com slash the101podcast. All that good stuff. And as always, see you on the other side.